Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, and welcome to This Full Life, a platform dedicated to inspirational conversation, courageous individuals, and my desire to learn more about the world I live in. I'm Tara Davis. Hi, everyone, all of our listeners, and welcome today. I am so, so excited because today I've really been looking forward to this podcast. And first of all, this is our first video that we're doing. We're having the podcast going, but we're also um, having the first video. So this will be up on our on my YouTube channel, and we can put that put those notes in the um, show notes. So anyway, I've been looking forward to this podcast and video because it's my first, and my first guest is my sister, Sarah Sibley. Welcome, Sarah. <laughs> and so let me just give you a little bit of background about Sarah, besides being my sister. She is an incredible freelance writer. She is a blogger. She is a mother. She's strongly opinionated, and she continually pushes my buttons and makes me laugh at the same time. So <laughs> I'm thrilled to have you here, darling. <laughs> so hard. And so what sparked us to have this conversation was we were talking about your latest blog and please <clears throat> give a plug for your blog where you, where you post all this really fun stuff. Oh, so I think that it's not necessarily, I think it's a, it's called a tiny letter. It's like, it's more of a newsletter than a blog because you don't really go to a site to read it like a traditional blog. I think maybe it's kind of the evolved blog as it were. Yeah. Um, so it's called Tiny Letter, and I just write it, and you sign up for it as you would any sort of newsletter. And every time I write it, I just when I'm done, I hit send, and it shows up in your inbox. So how can people find you? Uh, right. So I think it's tinyletter.com/backslash/quillpen. Okay, I'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah. And then we'll just type in, so Quillpen will get us to your newsletter so that we can sign up for yours, right? And I believe it's called, I know it's called This Woman's Work. Yeah. My work. Uh, but I believe it's Quillpen. Yeah, tinyletter.com back, backslash Quillpen. And you can sign up. And then when you sign up, I can send you like the backlog of um, uh, newsletters as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so this was great because we were having a conversation. Actually, it was you and me and Hillary, our other sister, and we were having a conversation, yeah, when I was out seeing her, and so we were talking about your evolution of vegetarianism and full-on pork meat eater and then vegetarianism and then veganism and then, oh my God, now I'm eating everything again, so... <laughs> Which was awesome because I loved the way you are so ready to express where you are right now. <laughs> and I finally said, stop. We need to talk about this publicly. Yes, we did. And so what I love about the journey is, first of all, that you are so adamant that this is where you are on your journey, no matter what that looks like or how that journey is or what that journey is. And then you want to share it with the world because you're so enthusiastic about the journey that you're on <laughs> and you want to let everyone else know the details of your journey um, and how they can subscribe to your journey. It's more like a public confession. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, like it's church, like that's how I confess all of my idiot idiocies. <laughs> like, oh my God, I did it again. I'm sure someone else out there has done this too. So I'm just going to confess it. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, so let's go back to Christmas. So this was awesome because Christmas, you and I were having a conversation and I was saying, yeah, I, I am. We were having a snip. <laughs> yes. We were having a snip. 
we were having a snip. And, and I said, but I, but you know, I still do have a bite of, you know, George will have something. And I'm like, Oh, let me just have a little bite of that. So 99% of me or 98% of me is vegan, but for you, and that's fine for me. That is what works. That's my gig. But for you, it was really like, no, no, I have very strong opinions about, and I'm a absolutist. And I think everyone else should be absolutist, which is so silly. Um, but yeah, I was just not satisfied with you only being a little bit of this. And I think it was mostly like in hindsight, I was like, well, cause I want to do that <laughs> because that's just not me. Like I'm so absolute about things and I'm so like control hungry about things that, yeah, when you said that, it just like struck a chord in me that was like, well, you can't do that if I can't do that. <laughs> Which, yes, of course you can. Right. And so it was also, it was fun for me because literally internally, I was just kind of chuckling at myself and chuckling with you going, oh, okay, well, that's what you're thinking. And here, and this is what I'm doing. Because right. it reminded me when you were in high school. Oh, yeah. I did the thing started. Right. Yeah. And how did that, how did that evolve for you? Um, I think I just did that. It was like at the end of high school, like maybe when I was 18 to 20, I think I was, I was a vegetarian because of the same sort of situation. I just found myself having this very sympathetic plight to animals mm. and I found myself just evolving as, you know, as, um, you do when you go to college and you kind of see the world and you understand like life beyond what your parents have taught you and, your eyes are just getting bigger and your, you know, um, your experiences are getting broader and your world is getting broader. And I just, I saw, you know, like factory farming and processed, you know, meats and understanding like the cruelty to animals. You know, this was in the late nineties too. So things really hadn't evolved to where they are now, as far as like the care and treatment of animals that we eat. So it was, it was way worse. And I was in the Midwest. So all those things together, I think, just gave me this sickening feeling in my stomach to the point where I was like, I just don't want to eat it anymore, and I'm done with it. And of course, that just did not go over well with a family that's red, you know, right. born and raised on red meat. And um, so I, it was the same thing. Like, I just constantly pushed other people around me to try to understand, like, my point of view. And it, it just didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work very well. And then, um, you know, I moved after, I mean, so I think I was a vegetarian pretty much through college. And I, I think I ate, you know, I ate fish. I've never really given up fish. Um, I just, I don't have the same relationship, I guess, with fish as I do with animals. And so I never, you know, I guess I, you should, I could have called, I should have called myself a pescatarian. Right. And probably an oboe pescatarian because I ate eggs. <laughs> but I don't know. Anyway, I was trying to just be such an idealized 20-something. And then I moved from um, Lawrence, Kansas, where I went to school, which was, you know, very liberal and um, very progressive as far as a town in Kansas. And I moved from there to Denver. And, you know, then it was just like, gosh, a big city. It's so easy to be vegetarian here. And I learned even more about vegetarianism. Then I moved to San Francisco. And then I was like, oh my God, there's just so much good food here. This is so hard. I want to eat all these meats. And so I think that was like when I was 22. And one day I just went to In-N-Out Burger and it was just open <laughs> for me. That was it. Like, that was just, I mean, this like, yeah, this burger put me over the edge. I could not resist it. I had come to like my breaking point where I was like, Oh God, it looks so good. I just have to eat it. It was like the forbidden fruit for me. And I just ate it. Like after not eating meat for, I don't know how many, four or five years, I ate it. And you can imagine the turmoil that my body went through. Right. Suggesting this kind of greasy burger. I mean, In-N-Out burgers are pretty um, good as far as like fresh ground beef and they're not all that greasy. But still, like having that really hard thing to digest inside of you is... It's really hard after not digesting it. And I was <laughs> I totally relieved. Yeah. Oh God, I was a wreck. I was a total wreck. But then after that, um, I I don't know. I just I guess I just I was like, well, I can't. I guess I can't be a vegetarian because I really like burgers. <laughs> you know. And so I just I kind of gave it up for a long time. 
So yeah. Asher Lindo went the absolutists. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, actually, it was. That was absolute. I was like, either I absolutely am or I am absolutely not a vegetarian. Yeah. So now I was back on the, well, I guess I can't do it. And I'm not a vegetarian. There yeah. was no, like, oh, I just ate it that one time and I'm fine. You know, it's like that, that fed my need for me. Now I can just move on and keep being a vegetarian. Like, that was not it for me. And, you know, it continued to be not it for me. Like, I just, I wasn't involved as a person yet in order to understand. And I, you know, like, quite frankly, not even until now was I involved as a person yet to, to understand that I could just let go of that and just do it as I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. So, so then I just <laughs> ate meat. <laughs> so what sparked it again this time? And so when did you start again? Or um, Oh, so, okay. So this was about a year ago um, in May. Uh, we were with some friends. Uh, we were on this trip with some friends, and um, they're both uh, elite runners. Like they, they're elite trail runners, and they are both um, vegetarians. And I think he's he's vegan. And they had constantly talked talked about like they're all, they're kind of my super healthy friends, and I kind of just admired how they ate, and I was really curious about it, and they we're just talking about how, you know, how good it felt. And, you know, I just had been, I guess, living out here where I do, which is on this very small island in the Pacific Northwest. And I live on 10 acres and we have chickens. And it's just a really wholesome way of living. And I find that I've lived here for four years and it really changed my lifestyle to be way more local. And, you know, like the, how, how I eat is so like the I guess the um, radius of where my food comes from is so much smaller than it ever has been in my whole life. And so my connection to food and animals um, has become really small, like really close. And so I guess two things happened. Um, Maybe previous to that, I had heard, and you know, this is so funny. This is a sound I know I've heard so many times before, but for whatever reason, this time, it really, it really made me sad. And it really, I internalized the sound of mother cows being weaned from, or weaned from their calves. And so there, there are several farms on Guaymas, and one is at the end of our lane. And so I heard those moms crying for their cat, their calves for probably two or three days. And I finally, like in the middle, I was like, says what? is going on with the cows. I don't understand why they're making this constant cry. And he's like, oh, it's probably the time. Silas, I'm sorry, is my partner. And I, I, he said, oh, it's probably the time where they've weaned off their babies. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? Which is so funny because like growing up in the Midwest, understanding what like farming cows is. And so I've just never asked that question before. I think it was just noises and stuff that we just assumed. It's were just noises, right. I just, I was like, it's just cow noises. And I right. never got curious enough to ask that question. Mm-hmm. And this time I did. And he was like, oh, they, they wean the moms. Like they take the babies away so the moms can be pregnant again. So they're not milk lactating. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, oh my God. So I looked it up. Um, on, you know, I looked up the process of weaning cows and how their mothers actually do hurt for their babies. Like they do have an emotion, like cows you think of are such as, you know, like a stupid breed of animal and, you know, they're not incredibly intelligent and they just eat grass all day, but they do have as, you know, I guess every mother does with their offspring. They do have this attachment to their offspring and it, 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 they have this emotional connection and they, they yearn and they suffer and they you know, they verbalize it, how they're feeling about this, you know, like severing the ties from their young. And so I heard that for like two more days after I had this discussion and looked up this information and man, I just felt awful about it. It is heart wrenching. And so that on top of just this weekend away that we had where, you know, we were eating with our friends and we ate vegetarian because they're vegetarian. I think we might've even not had any eggs. I'm not even sure, but, um, and so we were, I just talked a lot with them about food. And then on the way back from this, um, trip, we were on like kind of a long car trip. We were listening to a podcast with, um, the almighty Rich Roll, And he was interviewing 
I can't remember this doctor's name, but he had maybe either written this book or had something called like the good life diet, or I can't remember what it is now, but the genesis or like the, the summary kind of is like how you can eat to really feel good and how you can feel good about what it is that you're eating. And it was like, but they were, you know, they weren't saying that in the context of eat what feels good for you. They were saying it in the context of a plant powered diet, like how plants really do help you feel good mm. when you, you know, you have only a plant based diet, which is absolutely true. And then he was just talking about like the feeling and the sense of the kind of the morality of eating meat. Mm. And I really thought about that too. And I, started talking to Silas, my partner, and I was like, you know, I am such a big, loud voice when it comes to, like, um, putting your money where your mouth is. And I said, you know, especially through this, in this last election cycle, I was really out there and verbal, like on Facebook and with friends about how you were saying, like, hey, we can vote with our dollars. And I started giving money to the ACLU and the Sierra Club and Planned Parenthood and like my local organizations and local politicians that I believed in on a local level. And I really started putting money that, quite frankly, I didn't have in my budget, but I was like, I'm going to make room for it because this is really important to me. Mm -hmm. And I started buying local and, you know, I was just doing all of these things and not really looking at the big like elephant in the room about like my eating where, you know, how I was like, you know, I guess buying and showing my support with my dollars. So I was kind of processing through this. It's a struggle. Once, yeah. Once you think that you can't ever unthink it or unknow yeah. it. And I was like, I got to just talk through some stuff here, Silas. I'm like, you know, I am saying that we should put our money with our mouth is and really support the things that we believe in with our dollars. Yet I don't like, the overconsumption of meat and I don't like how meat is processed and how it's raised yet. I'm not doing anything to really stop or support that. Mm. And I was like, so, you know, I just think maybe I should. And I, then I also, you know, backed that up with like, you know, I had such uh, an internal struggle with those cows that I heard. And I just think, God, maybe I should be a vegetarian. And he was like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe you should, if that's how you're feeling about it, that's, you know, you got to follow what your body is wanting or whatever. So I just I made it that decision and I just, I did it. And I was like, okay, then I'm going to be a vegetarian. I'm going to see how this feels. Cause I feel, you know, like I, you can, one, I read in the New York times, like if one person stops eating meat, they can bring down environmental pollution by, you know, like 5% or something. And I was like, God, that's such a huge statistic. I want to help. I want to do that. And it's like one thing a person can do to really affect change. And I said, I just really want to affect change. And I was feeling so incredibly passionate about it that I did it. And, you know, then I was like the prophet for plant-powered eating. <laughs> everyone. It's like, I was like, everyone should do this. But, you know, no judgment. This is just what works for me. <laughs> Whatever. I know. I know. Like I was of course judging everybody, but I was like, Oh, you eat meat? Yeah, I don't. So that was <laughs> really good. I, I just, I was, I was absolutely doing it. And even like my daughter and, and Silas didn't really, um, you know, they continued. I obviously, when I cooked, I ate or I cooked only vegetarian food, even though, I mean, I'll confess, I don't love lentils and I don't really love beans. And I had to really, <laughs> Talk myself into loving lentils and beans because that is the biggest part of your protein intake. Right. Was is beans and legumes and not, I mean nuts I'm fine with, but like you can't just live on nuts. So So now let me just ask really quick. So you you said vegetarian, but were you still consuming dairy? Yes. Um well actually I'll take I take that back. I wasn't really. I was not eating cheese. Um, just because I had cut out cheese a while before, kind of because I just didn't love, you know, like if I just ate a lot of cheese and I really, really loved cheese and I just, I just, it was making me feel kind of blah, you know, mm -hmm. like I just wasn't processing it very well. And I could tell that I, you know, my body was just like, you're eating way too much cheese. So I kind of really pulled back on cheese anyway. I only ate it like once in a while. I love Manchego cheese. I really love it. It's my favorite kind. And I have a neighbor that lives down the road from me that makes her own goat cheese. So I was not about to give up her goat cheese. <laughs> so this was like the only, and I didn't eat it like 
all the time. It would be like once every couple of months, she would bring us some coke cheese. So mostly I was not eating dairy and we don't even drink milk in our house. We drink oat milk. Um, and I eat eggs because I have chickens. That right. eggs, so I'm going to eat eggs. Um, butter sometimes. I mean, not dairy just wasn't really all that a big part of it mm-hmm. uh, for me initially. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess you're right. I was not fully vegetarian, but I guess in my own mind I was. Right. <laughs> in my own perception of myself, I was, right. a, I was a full vegetarian. And so this is just a curiosity question. So unlike the cows and then pulling away the mama, the, or pulling away the, um, the babies from the moms, does yeah. your friend that has the goat, does he do the same? No. Okay. Not at all. They just, their goats are like their pets. So they let them just do whatever they need to do naturally mm-hmm. until okay. they're, yeah. That makes sense. That's way more loving. Oh, of course. I mean, right. there's actually several farms around here that are like that. Mm-hmm. They're like cheese farms, um, goat cheese farms. There's actually two that do that just the natural way. So they're mm-hmm. like, we're not making like a huge amount of money, but we are doing it like this nice old fashioned way. So yeah, they, there was, I didn't really feel any sort of conflict about eating her goat cheese. Yeah. Okay. So then your, can, your evolution continues. Yeah. So then um, I felt, gosh, I felt so good being a vegetarian, like um, health wise, like okay. I felt lighter. Mm. I've lost like probably 10 pounds just because I wasn't carrying that heavy meat around. And was that one of your goals? No, not a goal at all. Not, not even like I'm, I'm really happy with my body type and I exercise. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that was not a goal whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just was like a byproduct right. guess, of changing your diet drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I guess I felt really good. Like my yoga practice was really good. And I felt like, you know, I, I was just nicer to people. I've noticed people that have like made that transition. I think yeah. your personality has shifted. Yeah. Well, I mean, I found out why later, you know, I, the funny thing is, is like, I get really curious about stuff and then I just don't, and then I just stop. Like, I don't really dive into what it is that I'm doing all that often. Like, I get to a point where I'm like, oh, I'm fine right here. You know, whereas, like, I wish I would have looked more into, um, I wish I would have looked more into, oh, gosh, hold on. No, no, I lost us there. Okay. Um, Vegetarianism, because I think I just, I would have studied it. I wish I would have studied it a bit more and, um, understood the feelings around it or like the, um, the, the changes, I guess, in your body and why mm-hmm. you know, I, I wish I would have done that more. So I guess about, so that was in May and I guess around December, um, I was talking about it with you and then also Silas and he asked, well, if you're such a vegetarian, then why are you still eating cheese. You know, why are you still wearing leather? Cause I had said, Oh, I'm not going to wear leather anymore. Cause that's part of the problem. Right. And he was like, so if you're doing those things, I don't understand why you're not a vegan. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> I don't want to answer that question. Yeah. And he was right. And I was like, God, you're right. I mean, if I'm going to do this, I need to just do this. So man. All right. I'm just going to do it. I'm totally going to do it and I'm going to be vegan and I'm really sad that I can't eat my neighbor's cheese anymore, but I'm going to do it. it with the exception of eggs, because we have these chickens on our, you know, on our, in our farm, I guess. And, um, that's why we bought them. And so I felt like that was just a disservice to my chickens to not eat their eggs. Um, cause he doesn't eat eggs all that much. And then it would just be like, I guess we could sell them, but I was just, I don't know. For whatever reason, I felt like that was a chicken's gift to me. <laughs> I just wanted to keep eating. <laughs> so I just, I just went for it. I went totally vegan. And, and that was in December. That was in December. And now it's April. So mm-hmm. then all the while, I had been having this issue where I would get up to go to the bathroom several times 
at night, like to the tune of like, you know, it's normal, I'm 40, it's normal to get up at least one night, one time overnight to go to the restroom. Uh, but I was getting up like three, four times a night to go to the bathroom. And it's obviously very disturbing and you don't right. get a good night's sleep. Right. And I thought it was my bed. I thought it was like, maybe our room is too hot. Um, man, I went through like so many different troubleshooting um, areas to try to figure out what it was. And Silas, in fact, said, I think maybe you're hungry. Like, you know how our daughter, Sylvia, has hypoglycemia and she has to eat basically every two hours and you have to make sure that she has something protein based right before she goes to bed because she had the same problem. She was not sleeping very well. And that was, that was a big part of it is that she didn't have enough protein to elongate her, her sleep and her cortisol level and her blood sugar level were not equal. Mm-hmm. Very spiked and it would wake her up. And anyway, he said, maybe, you know, maybe you have the same problem. And I thought, Oh my gosh, maybe I do. And so I started having like, you know, like a handful of nuts or banana and peanut butter before I went to bed. And the only thing that did was give me a little bit of a gut. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I put on like weight from eating before I went to bed. Right. I hated it. I was like, "Ah, well, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. (laughs) And it honestly didn't really, it didn't do anything. And neither did changing my pillow or, you know, really calming or, you know, I would meditate and stretch more before I went to bed. I had turmeric, I had magnesium, and none of these things. I'm just giggling because I'm seeing you trying to figure out what the heck is going on with the pee. Right, right. I just am working so And hard. trying to be so committed to yeah. yourself. Yes. Like, I didn't even one time question that it was my diet. Right. That was just not going to be an option. So finally, after honestly, like almost a year of not sleeping well, I was like, I'm going to go see my acupuncturist because she is the answer to everything for me. She's helped me through so many different things when it comes to my body. And I just felt like this was something that probably couldn't be solved by um, my practitioner. Mm. I just felt like maybe this was something that was more internally based, like not health or I don't know, like physically based. I just didn't, I don't know. But I just wanted to start with the acupuncturist because she's great. So I go to see her and she asked me, you know, a ton of questions. And then she suggested that it might be a urinary tract infection. And I thought, oh man, you're absolutely right. Except for, I've, o- I've only had one other urinary tract infection. It was kind of painful. And I told her I didn't have any of those pains. And she said, well, possibly it's just really low grade because your body is in really, really good condition. You're treating it so well that maybe it's just barely there. So it's only somewhat noticeable. And she said, you know, we'll, we'll kind of, I'll do some rooting and I'll going on, but I would suggest going to your practitioner and getting some tests for that. Mm -hmm. So she, um, you know, she gave me some needles and I fell asleep in like 20 seconds when I laid down on the acupuncture bed. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, I feel always like this great sense of accomplishment when I fell asleep at acupuncture. Yeah. And then I woke up like 45 minutes later and was like, oh my God, it feels so good. And she said, you know, I felt some abnormality in your pulse. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Like I can't sense it, but she's like, I, I kind of use some pens accordingly and go to your practitioner let me know what happens. I go to my practitioner. She says, no, your urine's totally clean. You're healthy. I don't know what to tell you. And so I left there totally frustrated because I just wanted an answer. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to say, yes, here is exactly what we can point to. Yes. I went back to my acupuncturist, told her that was not it. And she thought, huh, man, I'm really stumped. And she said, you know, this could be, this could be a lot of things It could be you know, emotionally driven, you know, she's really reaching the same as I am. Like, where are we with this? And so she, you know, she took my pulse again and she was kind of really like, she closed her eyes, really got into it. And then her eyes pop open and she says, Oh, when did you, you're a vegetarian, right? And I said, yeah. She said, when did you do that? And I said, about a year ago. And she said, yeah, I can totally tell your body wants me. (laughs) My eyes nearly popped out of my sockets, and I thought, no, what? And she said, yeah, you know, I can see it. You have a lot of redness around your eyes, and this abnormality in your pulse is uh, like a deficiency. 
and this is what's coming in right now is that your body wants me <laughs> said oh ellen no this cannot be and she said i i think it is i'm actually sure it is and so we talked through it a lot because she said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, she goes, we don't have to do anything today. You can see a nutritionist. You can, there's so many things you want to do if you're really committed to your journey as a vegetarian. And she said, but I will tell you a similar story. She said she was a vegetarian for 20 years. And then she explained to me how the vegetarian diet feeds your upper chakras Mm-hmm. And why I was feeling so amazing and so kind is because like my heart chakra was so full and the lower chakras, you're grounding your sexual chakras or mm-hmm. your kind of more aggressive hunter mm-hmm. chakras were not being fed at all. Like there was nothing going into those. Right. And God, I mean, I wish I would have known that. She was like, you constantly have this blissful, wonderful feeling because you're only eating plants. <laughs> And she said, you know, I did the same thing because as an acupuncturist, that really serves my clients. Mm-hmm. I really help, you know, it serves me to be an acupuncturist on that type of diet. But she's like, I just, after 20 years, encountered a lot of health problems myself and also just kind of had this need to be more grounded. And so she said, you know, I'm just, I'm incredibly, I have to think about helping my own body before I can help others. And she said, you know, I think I would just challenge you to think that as well. You know, just to consider not to think it, to consider it. And she's an acupuncturist, she uses the correct language. Um, and she said, you, you know, Sarah, you can be very support. You can support animals and eat them at the same time. It's just how you go. You have to kind of go about what works for you and understand that kind of circle of life. She's like, that's kind of where I got to is this circle of life she said you know there's so many people that will argue that um men in the sense of humans were never meant to eat animals that they were just foragers Mm -hmm. and she said and then there's an equal number of people that will say that men humans were meant to eat animals were hunter gatherers but just not in the way that we do it now Mm -hmm. you know it's a very different way it was like sustaining life is why they ate meat for this very reason is to feed their and nourish their bodies. Mm -hmm. So I took all of that information and I laid on that table and she put, she was like, we're just going to do some, I'm going to put some pins in like your really, your big earth lines, your meridians, or I'm not sure what exactly they're called, but she was like, we're going to, I'm going to really work on helping you to understand what your body wants. So I laid down there to put all the pins in, closed my eyes. And I was like, all right, body, just tell me what you want. And immediately I got these hunger gurgle pains in my stomach, like loud, audible. <laughs> and I thought, geez, that's a clear sign. <laughs> wow. All right. You want that? Yeah. I mean, it was so clear and I just kept coming too. I mean, I wasn't even hungry before I walked into that acupuncture session, especially since like, you're not supposed to eat before you go for about an hour. And so I hadn't eaten anything. I wasn't hungry. I was just fine. And man, I was like, got it loud and clear. (laughs) And so I'm just laying there, tummy grumbling, whatever, for probably like, you know, 20 minutes. And she comes back in and says, okay, I'm going to put a couple more kind of at the base of your neck. And she told me what those are as well. And I can't remember. But then what I just started thinking, I mean, it obviously is like, she's, she's doing, she's an acupuncturist. She's great. Like she knows exactly what she's doing. I just, I was just started thinking, let go, let go, let go. It's just this phrase that kept coming into my mind. And I was like, oh my God, I do just need to let go. Like I have such control issues. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just this food. It's everything. Like I have such freaking control issues. Oh my God. And so I spent like the next 20 minutes thinking, um, thinking about that one which was really funny because like I had never really, I mean, I guess I know that I have to, I have this need for control and things, but I've never really looked it straight in the face and dealt with it or processed it or like, you know, just all of these things that I was doing, like just really coming face to face with a really big issue. So like it's, it's when she took this big one out of my back, like it was bleeding (laughs) and I never really bleed at acupuncture. So she was like, Oh God. Yeah. That's a, that's a good sign. Like you're, 
this is great. Like we're putting them in the right area. And so I came home, I told my Silas, <laughs> I said, you're going to love this one. <laughs> right? Which nothing oh, really surprises me. You know, it's neat, but it's actually just more than that. I have this, I was like, I was just really trying to control what I thought my body should do versus I'm listening to what my body wants to do. I was just, I had, it's like, it was more than just being a vegetarian for me. It was the need to control what, how and what I eat. Mm -hmm. um, That's just clearly not what's the best for my body type. And, you know, I, I had this long discussion with him because I was saying, you know, I really loved being a vegetarian and I loved how it felt and I loved what I was doing. And I don't understand how like, you know, professional athletes or like elite runners can have a plant-based diet and get enough protein and good fats that they don't have this problem. Mm. And, you know, I think what I've come to is like, they have a lot of time and a professional staff and money to help them create meal plans that are best suited for their blood type based on the desire right. to be plant-based. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, I don't have that time. I probably, you know, if, if I had this conviction to continue to be a vegetarian, um, I could work with somebody. I could work with a nutritionist to figure out what, how it could be done. Mm-hmm. But the thing for me is that I think this was a bigger lesson than that. It was just, it was this like learning about the, the need to let go of control of so many things, so many things. I mean, and that's, and it's actually just like, um, it's really spidered out to so many other things. It's just brought awareness to so many other things in my life, you know, like number one being that like, there are just, there are things in my life that I can't control, like about my partner, about my kid, about the you know, the world's problems there. These are, these things are things that are not constantly under my control. Like if like, I can't control how dirty the sink is. It's these stupid things that I, you know, like (laughs) the sink is dirty. Oh my God, I must clean it. You know, like that is like, I have these silly little like control things or how the pantry looks like I want it to look this way. Why, Why does it have to, you know, these, these little things about, Um, you know, I made, I had this, I had this party and I made this like very perfect playlist, but it just didn't, you know, somebody else wanted to change it. And I thought, no, I know I worked so hard on this playlist. You know, it's just silly things like that. that I'm like, I, why, why is there that need for that, Sarah? Why is it not okay to be like, yeah, sure, of course. You know, there's, there's this, all this learning that came out of this. So you know, the, the, the net about my diet was like, I just, I want to eat what feels good. Mm. And so it just, yeah, it, now it just, it feels nice to just eat what feels good, you know, to like really think about what the meal is or really think about what I'm putting into my body. And it doesn't feel good to eat meat where I don't know where it comes from. So that was my next question. So it's almost yeah. as if you've come this full circle with this experiment that you didn't even know you were doing. Yeah, it was this, an experiment. It's funny. Right? With this bigger yeah. picture, this bigger evolution that was going to come at the end that you just had to go on this journey first. Like a 20-year journey. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like a 20-year journey yeah. that you didn't even know you were being part of. Oh, man, I know. Right? To get to the end of it. And at the end are all of these lessons that came out of this one particular thing. And so now you are, from what you just said, so much more mindful of what you're eating, how you're eating, listening to your body. Yeah, and mindful about judging other people, you know, like judging their ways of eating. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I immediately, when I told you, I was like, I've got to apologize for, you know, projecting my own needs on you and just like swatting your fingers for eating meat when you shouldn't eat meat. Right. <laughs> It's like that need is that need to control. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we all can. <laughs> and I think we can all identify to, to yeah. some degree that need to control our surroundings. And and I love your examples of you know the dirty sink or whatever because as you're saying that, I'm already identifying. God, would you please put it in the laundry basket, not on the laundry basket? Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's those little needs to control that again. It's just bringing it into check yeah of 
why do we, why do I need to control this? What, what's the big deal? Right. Or why and do I control someone yeah. else's diet too? Right. And so for me personally, it's just a personal choice. If anybody else wants to do it, that's great. If they don't, that's great. Right. But I don't think a lot of people, you know, a lot of vegetarians and vegans don't think that way. They think everyone should do this. Like I've, I've seen a bumper sticker that said, if the world was vegan, it would be so much better. And I don't know that that's true <laughs> because there's a lot of people maybe that shouldn't like that, you know, that doesn't serve their blood type or their health needs. Mm-hmm. And okay, you know, and I think having been now like on both sides of the coin, I understand like this, um, I don't know, kind of prejudice against meat eaters. Mm-hmm. There is kind of a prejudice if you eat meat that you're like, oh, you're, you're the problem. And I will totally confess to that about six, eight months ago when I was um, trying to get my whole family to convert as well. Cause I thought, oh, you, cause I was in the same place yeah. of, okay, let's just all do this. Cause it would make it so much easier on me cooking and all of that. Cause I usually make a couple of really big meals like Saturday, or, I mean, Sunday and Monday. And then we just kind of eat throughout the week. And, or I'll make like some kind of a, a vegan meal and then I'll just do chicken and they can put it in their stuff or, you know, whatever kind of meat. And so I thought, well, I wanted to take it from the perspective of it was much easier for me. Honestly, it was that I was trying to control their diets. Like I was trying to get them on my side of the fence, right? Because it's so much better here on my side. Yeah. You'll totally it really is greener over here. Yeah, it is. It's really green. <laughs> yeah. If you could just convert, we'd all be so much better. Yeah. And so- course par for the course for my family i mean my husband has a smoker right so i don't know who i thought i was gonna convert but right they all looked at me and (laughs) had a good laugh (laughs) i mean because really they all love their meat and they george likes to smoke the meat we buy ethically raised meats i mean we've we've done that for years but it was my need to control everyone and my surroundings. I know. So that I was okay with what everybody else was doing. Right. So I was the one who had to be okay or not okay and be okay with how I was being okay or not okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. It was my journey. It wasn't anybody else's journey. Yeah, but it's, it's like so much better if there's someone else on your journey with you. It's like not oh. so lonely. So yes. like once you join this like tribe of you know, plant eaters, they right. are like, oh God, thank God I'm on the good side. You know, when <laughs> it's, just, it's not a side at all. It's not a side at all. Mm-hmm. I felt definitely this like notion of elitism mm-hmm. being, being a vegetarian that I think, you know, I think a lot of people feel like they just snub, they snub the meat eaters. I found mm-hmm. myself doing it. Yeah. And, and I found my same thing. Yeah. And I think it all comes back to that, like that internal need to control other people's way of living, a way of doing. Mm -hmm. And then we also get to ask our question, you know, the question of ourselves, why do we need to judge someone else? Right. Why is it that we need to feel better than that person? Right? Yeah. So it's all that internal work that we get to do about judgment and control. I know. I mean, I just, I think this was so great. You're right. It was like a great experiment and just really learning about myself and my own control issues and my body, what it wants to eat. It was, it was fantastic. It was really great. And as a writer, like the only way I knew how to um, express it was just to like write my way through it. Yeah. Which was like a great summary of like, yeah, I am doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, which I encourage everyone that's listening to go sign up because it is a great, it's a great story. And by and large, all of your writings, your writing pieces that you send out are your journeys, are your own personal journeys and your own evolution and your own experiments that you are happy to share with us once you reach the end and you look back and go, oh my God, that was that. And then you share it, which I love. Very, you're right. It's like a journaling confessional style of writing that I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I so, right. like, that's my niche. I don't know. Yeah. So now, how is your body now? Um, it's good. I am sleeping so much better. Like I, um, last night, in fact, I went to bed at like nine thirty or something. I'd been up late. Actually, I think I went to bed about nine. I'd been up late the night before, and I slept from nine until like three thirty in the morning, and then got up and went to the bathroom, and then was asleep until like seven. 
Yeah. And that is, that's amazing. That is amazing. And it took about a week um, to get to a point of um, normalizing my sleep again. But man, once I did, it was so great. Yeah. That um, I, God, I just, I felt so much better. I think, you know, I've put some weight back on and it's harder to like keep your weight um, or to keep your, maybe not keep your weight, but to keep your body where you want it when you're over 40. So I'm also just accepting that. Yeah. Um, I think it feels good. You know, like I, I've just been eating again, like what I want to eat. Uh, I was just, I was thinking this morning when I woke up, like yesterday I didn't eat anything more than salmon. You know, like I, I had, um, like, I think I had eggs and pancakes for breakfast. And then I had like a, a thing that I picked up, a sandwich that I picked up while eating vegetarian. That's, um, a tempeh lettuce, tomato sandwich. It's so good. And like, so incredibly satisfying that, um, I just, I mean, even as a meat eater now, I still crave this sandwich. And so I had that. And then for dinner, I had like salmon curry mm-hmm. and I, you know, it was like, it was enough that enough, you know, um, veg- or enough vegetables for me to sneeze. <coughs> Um, that, that it's like, it definitely fed my body's needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also found that I don't really crave pork products. Really? I'm not, no, I'm not sure why, but like I tried a piece of bacon and I, it just did not feel good. Or taste Which good. I know growing up, I mean, that was huge for you. Oh, I loved bacon. I loved pork. Like pulled pork sandwiches were just like one of my favorite things in the whole world. Yes. And now I just don't crave it at all. Like I haven't craved hamburger. Super interesting. Um, yeah. I really, honestly, the only meat I've, re- I've eaten other than fish is chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really, yeah, I don't think I've so really eaten. When you talked about, you know, feeling so in your upper chakras and up here, now, yeah. that, you, now that you eat meat, what do you notice? I have noticed that I definitely have a little bit more sexual desire. Like my sex drive is, is better. Yeah. And I will say the same thing. Like literally when you had said, when we started talking about this conversation mm-hmm. um, and I thought, Oh, I'm totally going to experiment with this. Cause it was like a Friday or Saturday night. And I, I don't remember what I was doing. And we had had that conversation. Oh, it was when I was out with Hillary. So anyway, I get home and George had made a bunch of um, hamburgers on the grill uh, for he and Ben. And I thought, oh, I said, God, you know what? I just want a couple of bites. It just, it smelled so good. He had like piled on lettuce and onions and tomato and like all this yummy stuff. And so I said, oh, God, yeah, I just want a couple of bites. And really for me, by and large, that does it for me, like two, three bites at the max. And I'm like tapped out, which is, it's fine for me. I just probably every couple of months, my body will say, oh yeah, I'll take a couple of bites of that. <clears throat> and so I do, because otherwise I feel super deprived. And so that is literally just my own journey. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I literally, I had a couple of bites of that and wouldn't you know, oh my God, my sex drive. Cause I had read the same thing of yeah. your lower chakras. It's your sex drive. And I was like, holy cow. I know. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> again, like not yeah. that it, it had, you know, it had marked, markedly slowed down yes um and I actually didn't I mean I had noticed it but thought oh you know it's just we can always tap it into something it is what it is and I have like the most patient partner in the world who didn't really remark about it either because you know maybe it was just a phase or something but it is definitely um (laughs) yeah eating meat really helps that it it's makes me wonder, are vegetarians ever having sex? <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Are vegans and vegetarians um, sexually active? <laughs> <laughs> and if uh, they are, maybe if they just want to up the sex drive, have meat the night before or have meat, you know, a couple hours prior. And there you go. It's done. I know. Um, other than that, you know, I, I haven't really noticed all that much change. But Other, you know, like a little bit of minor weight gain, definitely um, not as hungry during the day, but um, I, I haven't noticed like any like huge change in like my ability to have, you know, a, a nice five or 
six minute meditation or my yoga or um, anything like that, you know? I think, I, yeah, I think there hasn't been like this humongous major shift other than just feeling better. Mm-hmm. You know, just, I guess, more whole. Like, I feel like I'm sleeping better. I'm just kind of back to being a little bit more of myself. I'm not, this is very funny, but like not crying as much. Interesting. Like not, not like an absence of emotion, but like, I feel like everything would just trigger my emotions. <clears throat> Obviously so, like you're feeding all of that heart space up, above, you know, and your spirituality. And um, I feel like, God, it would be like, I mean, just anything would trigger my, you know, all my emotions, like all of my emotions, not just my sorrow and my tears, but yeah, I feel like that's, it's just, it's normalized for me. You know, it's like not, it's like back to kind of where I used to be. Mm -hmm. Well, it's definitely turned on the lower chakras. I mean, your, your your chakra, it's your sexual chakra. Yeah. I know. Your creativity, your emotions are in your gut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's so amazing that the body is so reactive like gosh it's such a great lesson in listening to what your body wants and what it needs and again this is not everybody's journey right this is your journey yeah yeah, yeah. it's like my body really does tell me like if i'm really in tune to it it's um it will tell me what it needs mm-hmm. it does dang it and sometimes i just <laughs> It's what you want to hear sometimes and what you don't want to hear sometimes. And sometimes I just want to close its mouth and say, no, I know what's best for you. Right. Because <laughs> I'm not controlling. But I'm not. Like, that's my practice now is to not do that. <sighs> oh, gosh. I know. So. Thanks, Sarah. Oh, of course. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, babe. And we will have to do this again whenever the topic arises. Thanks so much for listening. And thanks to my producer, Margaret Spencer. You can learn more at taradavis.me. Catch this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Any information we talked about today will be in our show notes. And while you're listening, be sure to click on the subscribe button so you'll always have the latest episode ready to go. I'll see you right here next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.